My name is Haley Violet. I'm married to Darren, who was just doing elder prayer. Got three girls, Catherine, who was announcements on the video, and Faith and Avery. Um, I was asked to share ministries I'm in. So you might see me down in the nursery if you're coming down there to bring little ones. Um, I love to make meals for people. And my favorite is leading discipleship ministry using the... 2-7 series, so if you would ever like to be in a discipleship group, come see me. This morning, I'm going to be reading from Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother, Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the food of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well... Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then, <clears throat> then the Lord said to Cain, Where's Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. All right, that's on. How's everybody doing? Boy, it was the Violet Worship Service today, huh? Man, Faith and Avery, we're going to have to have you guys do something. They're like, please don't, please don't. Um, so uh, quite a uh, uh, Christmas uh, message title we have today, Spiraling Darkness. It's a little bit more like a horror movie or the, the malls this time of year kind of uh, title, right? Um, but that's what we're seeing. You know, we see, uh, if you remember uh, through chapter 2 of Genesis, we've been going through these chapters, we, we saw uh, everything was good. God created, he made man, he made woman, and then we got to chapter 3 and sin. And we saw that Eve and her husband, they take of the tree, and they um, sin, and then we saw the consequences of that. And they were driven out of the garden. And now we see it's like a disease. It spreads to the firstborn son. You'd want to have hope, but instead it's sin, right? And when we see the story of Cain, right, we have to bring back, I've kept this around and didn't use it last week, but I knew I would need it again. 
So I've been sitting down in my office all week. No, I'm just kidding. Trying not to. For those of you that are visiting, this is called the throne. And every one of us has one. It's a pretty pathetic throne because it's the throne of my life, right? It wouldn't be great. And in the battle of, of what happened in the garden, in the battle of Cain, remember, it's going to start just the same place all sin starts. It's a worship problem. It's who's on the throne. It's, 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 is it God's way? Am I going to obey him? Am I going to do it his way or my way? That's, that's ultimately sin problem starts there, right? And we're just going to see that again with, with Cain. But then I got thinking about the idea of moving. That we're always, whether you think you're staying still or not spiritually, you're not. You're not. There's no such thing as still. There's moving forward or there's moving backward. And as we see in Cain, the more that sin is allowed to stay, the more we drive deeper into sin. So, I've got a really crowded front row here. Uh, hey, Sam, come on up here, man. I need some help. It's nothing, nothing big. I just hurt my back I'm trying to do this by myself on Saturday. So, you just take that end, and we're going to show everyone what we got. Ready? Here we go. Bring it right up here. Put it right there, right next to the chair. Okay? Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So this is the car of sin. You've heard of the city of sin. Poor Lightning McQueen. I'm thankful to the Avila family that they let me borrow this. Um, uh, and I said, poor Lightning McQueen. And Shelly did remind me that he was very prideful in the beginning. And so that's true. Right? So the idea is, is like it starts as a worship problem. But the more we, 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 we leave that sin unchecked, we drive. And it doesn't drive in a good place. It drives deeper, right? It goes from a worship problem and a giving problem and a selfish problem to a lying problem and a murder problem. Like all of these things. And ultimately we'll see. I have one more thing for you. The destination. And it's not a fun destination. This is not a place you want to go on vacation. The destination is separation. The wanderer. Away from God. I'm going to put it up here, but a lot of you, you won't be able to see it because of everything. So destination, separation. So as we drive deeper into sin, the more and, and further we get away from God. And yet, in, boy, I miss playing with these things, you know. More difficult to get up, though, nowadays uh, than it used to be. But the idea is, and I would turn it around if I could, but I'm not strong enough. So I'll just back it up, right? The idea is in Christ, that's where we're land, of course, is it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. And, and not only does Cain do what we do, and not only do, do we do, but our, all of human race does it further and further and further from God in his presence. Let's pray. Father, it's your word. It's your time. You, you have blessed us already with our, our, our worship team, and you've blessed us with um, prayer. You've blessed us with all of our kids who have gone downstairs and the kids who have stayed up here. And, and just I pray that this time would just be a continuation of bringing you all honor and glory. I pray you'd bless not only everyone in the room, but anyone joining us online, those who might um, see or hear this later that you would use through your Holy Spirit this word to convict, encourage, heal, bless, bring forgiveness, bring lost to found. We give it all to you. It's not me. Get me out of the way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said? Praise God. Amen. Um, 
So I think uh, Catherine did an amazing job in that announcement, so I don't think I have to reiterate, but just so we're clear, it's weird because Christmas Eve is a Sunday. Um, but So all we really did was scrap the 11, so sorry if that's your, uh, it would just give me about an hour to get ready for three when we Christmas Eve candlelight service. So there's five and nine, um, and then we have three and five are separate. Three and five is when we do the candles and all that, like you're typically doing Christmas Eve, and then um, Saturday at five and Sunday at nine are the fourth week, and we'll finish the series with a great titled message called He Died, all right? It's been a good Christmas, it's been a good Christmas. Dark and death, all right. So as I just said, right, like, like we saw in chapter 3, they, they, they're driven out, right? God is judged. We now have, um, uh, you know, childbirth is really hard, and marriage is really hard, and work is really hard, and the worst possible thing is they're driven out of Eden, which, remember, is a special place of fellowship with God. So it's a physical, but more importantly, spiritual separation. Now, they still are going to worship God and can pray to God and all that, right? We're going to see that today, but... but they, they're, they're getting further away because of sin, because that's what sin does. It separates, right? And so we see that, that sin take root in their kids. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Doesn't that sound like a country western song? <laughs> I don't know, just to me, I don't know. Uh, but but he's, he's not talk, she's not, of course, talking about her husband there. She's talking about her son, Right? And, and some, there's a lot of translation issues with this verse, but some think it's a very hopeful verse, and some think it's a very prideful verse, and I think it's probably a little of both. She remembers Genesis 3.15, we saw that last week, where God said through the seed of the woman, we're going to undo this sin problem, crush the head of the serpent. And so maybe she's thinking that's the case, and, and going to be the case in her firstborn son. We know we've got to wait quite a while till the birth of Jesus, right? But she doesn't know that. And so maybe she's hopeful. Uh, she probably is, but she's also a little bit prideful. I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. The Lord's my co-pilot. Now, we're going to see next week, when Seth is born, her tune changes. And now she realizes, man, this is God. And that's a good thing. You see, there's something about life when it hits you over and over and over again. Eventually, you start to realize, I can't control a single thing anyway. Let God do it. Let God do it. And then Abel is born. <laughs> and poor Abel, you know, every time Brian says, um, stand if you're Abel, I just think, sit if you're Cain, I guess, right? You know? Um, well, we're all Cains, just so you know. Uh, and, and, and so Abel, he's amazing. This is really the story of Cain. Abel doesn't even speak in Scripture. He's just a beautiful example of character, of godliness. Right? He's, he's born, and, and they're, they're brothers, and, and in verse 3, this is what happens. In the course of time, now we don't know how much time that is. We know they lived a long time. This could be like 100 years. Like they lived a long time. Right? I don't have time for all that, but trust me, this could be a long time. We don't know. We're just not told. Right? So in the course of time, this is what happened. Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. So they're both... Uh, bringing what's theirs, their occupation. And both occupations are good. You have a, a shepherd and a farmer. Well, they're both worthy in the callings of God. Because there's some, and this is a ludicrous idea in my opinion, who have said that the reason that Cain was rejected is because he didn't bring a, an atonement sacrifice. Well, that's just, to me, ludicrous. That's not the problem here. Okay? They're both could have, I mean, both 
even later in Israel, in, in Israel they, they would have both kinds of sacrifices, animal and you had grain and cereal. And like, you know, it's, it's it, it, God, it, it's really just a, a, a very different issue that we want to talk about than whether it was meat or vegetables, okay? And, and so we have uh, this happen. The Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. Anybody have a three-year-old? Anybody have a, just a you? You just learned over the years to not do it physically. <laughs> Your boss gives you a project right before Christmas holidays, and you're like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> right? That's what you really want to do? Well, that's what Cain's doing, and we'll get back to him. But first, the question is, why then? Why did the Lord reject Cain's offering and not Abel's, and the answer is, we don't really know, because it doesn't say. Now, I think there's a lot of theories, and the best one, in my opinion, I think is probably true, but again, it doesn't say. It's simply, it, it really, it, you can kind of see in, in the wording of it, is that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground, just kind of general, whereas Abel brought the best, firstborn. And they're fat portions. Now, that might seem weird to you, but that's the good stuff. That's what you order on your birthday at a steakhouse, all right? And that's what God got. And so the best theory, I think, is that Cain brought his first and best. Says, God, this is all from you. And, and, or, I mean, Abel did. And Cain brought his eh, grumbly, meager portions. But here's the thing. That might not be true. Okay, so it doesn't matter because we've got to step back. Sin is a worship problem. It's their heart. And God knows their heart. You and I might not have been able to measure that, but God can and obviously did, right? Is that, that Abel uh, was here going, God, it's all from you anyway, right? It's all yours. And you can give all the much more if that's what you want to do. And so the litmus test, the measuring stick of our worship is, <laughs> what do I give to God? How much? My heart. And now we look, at, um, we look at Cain, and he did something like that I've done. My, I'm just going to admit, you know, be honest. Well, I did all the work for that. I'm the one who was up early tilling the soil and watering. All, all, I, I did all. That's my work. That's my, like, sure, I have to do this. I was taught I got to, you know, go to church. and bring, but, but, man, it's, it's mine, right? It's a worship problem, right? You realize that, no, 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 no. <laughs> that water, God made it. Right? The body you used, God made it. The brain you used to figure it out, God made it. The air you breathed, God made it. The lungs that you breathed with, God made it. Abel realizes that and Cain doesn't. And so, again, the, the measuring stick, the thermometer, whatever term you might want to use uh, for whether or not sin is a problem is what we're doing as far as bringing to the Lord in our heart. Right? Sin comes from a worship problem. Um, the, 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 we often think of it as a temptation problem or a flesh problem or a, 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 you know, whatever we might say. And that, that might be true, but it's not just a drinking problem, a lust problem, a worry problem, a gossip problem. It's a worship problem. It's a, God, I, I need that. It's God, I, my way's better. It's God, that I need that comfort. God, I'm the one that worked for that. God, I need that just, just, just today, right? Just this one little thing, this, right? That's a worship problem to say you don't know better. I do. And for them, it was their resources. And for us, it's money, right? Don't you love it when a pastor says money? 
You know, I've never once, one single time that I can remember, done a single message or certainly a series on giving. And I don't plan to. I mean, God might change that. I'm not going to swear to that. But, I, I, you know, because I never really had to. A <laughs> couple of things. This church, and I wouldn't say this is dead. Is it, ben, ever, I took over as lead pastor in 2007, and, and we have never been in the black in our budget. All we've done is grown. We've added staff. We've added, I mean, Josh is expensive, and we've added. Um, <laughs> sorry, Josh. I just saw you, and I was like, yep, good joke. <laughs> Uh, it, it, right, we've done all this stuff. We've done so many blessings of missionaries in our community. We're trying to make sure this building is up to, so our next generation, all that stuff we have done and more, and it's generous. So it's just, this isn't one of those things like, y'all people need to give more. In fact, it's the opposite. This is hard for a pastor to say, ask Bob, I bet he'd say the same thing. This is hard for me to say, but it's true. That if you were to give out of some grumbly heart, God doesn't want it, so neither do we. That's hard. It's easier for God to say than us, for sure. But here's the thing. It's true. I'm not passing the offering. I don't even know if we have those plates anymore. I think we threw them away, right? This isn't about anything. Like, like think, imagine this. I, I thought of this scenario. And this is a big imagination for probably all of us. But you come up to me, and uh, afterwards you say, hey, Jamie, I just feel led. I'm going to give a million dollars to the church. I promise you, I will never forget that conversation as long as I live. I'll be in a nursing home and forget my children's names. I'll still remember <laughs> you saying that to me, right? Not because I get a commission, people. I don't, all right? But it's I know what we could do with that, right? So that way I would never forget that. Now imagine I go to heaven and I see Jesus. And I remember when he said, and he gave a million dollars. And Jesus says, yeah, I have no regard for that. I don't, that was nothing. What? Jesus, that was a million bucks. Come on. No, because in his heart, it wasn't, wasn't for God. It wasn't in worship, you know, whatever it might be. And, wow. Now imagine, right? I'm here and I just, I'm coming out of the commons there and I, you didn't see me and you, you're like, you put a $10 bill in, in, the, um, in, in one of the boxes. And that's fine. I'm not going to, like, who knows what, what that's about. You might have found it on the ground. It's happened to me. I'm like, I don't know what to do with it. I just throw it in there. Maybe you did that. I don't know. But here's what I can guarantee for you. I would forget about it within a second. And if I die and go see Jesus, remember when she put $10 in that box? And I'm like, no, I don't remember that. Well, I do, because they didn't know where their next meal was going to come from, and they just felt led to cheerfully give the first and best to God, and they just trusted God, and all of heaven rejoiced. Do you see what we're saying? This is not about money or your, plant, your crops or your, your, your cattle. It's about your heart. Right? It's, wow, man, we've got to talk about money so much, because Jesus talked about it more than anything else. Have you ever heard that? It's true, and it's not because Jesus wanted cash. He was poor all of his life. It was because he knew. Look what he said, right? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where's your heart? Good litmus test of whether or not I'm at this kind of struggling with God, I think I should be on the throne, is what I spend my money on. It really is. Look at your credit card statement. Look at your bank account. Look at it. Because uh, it, we can easily say things, I worship God and I trust God, but then it really looks like by my statement, I worship my house or my pleasure and comfort or my kids. I chose three things that are not sinful. Of course, money's going to go to all three of those things. And as far as your kids are concerned, a lot of it. That doesn't mean you worship them. You're going to care for them and love them. But if, if corners have to be cut... 
What are you like? That's an untouchable. That's an untouchable. That's what you're worshiping. That's where your house is. That's where your heart is. And if you step it back a little bit, right? Just take it, step back a little bit. It's a thermometer for whether or not I got a worship problem. And then it's going to carry through with all different, not just my giving, right? It's going to carry through with my time and my like, affections and whatever. Like, you're going to start seeing it because it doesn't just start, if it's unchecked, it starts to drive deeper and deeper. And that's what we saw with Cain, isn't it? In Cain's case, he just went so much deeper, right? Um, he, 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 God, can I just say this? And I don't think you'll disagree with me. God is so kind. <laughs> He's so kind to Cain. Think about what he could have done, right? Like, like you bring me this? Like, really? But, but, but so his, he, he, he says to, to him, he warns him. Cain, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you. But you've got to master it. You must rule over it. It's against you. And that's the thing. It's easy in church to say sin is against you. But it never feels like that. <laughs> it feels like I need that. It feels like I should have that or I deserve that. That's what it feels like. And God's like, watch out. Watch out. Because Cain... He has to be not only prideful, jealous, and angry, but he's got to be really embarrassed. I mean, think about it. If God was your teacher and he just gave your, your younger brother an A plus and you an F. Abel was a much godlier man than me. I would have been like, going home and putting this on the refrigerator, right? Abel didn't do that. But it's an embarrassing thing. I've told you this story before. If... Uh, um, it's obviously something I'm still working out. Uh, my geometry class, my junior year of high school, Mrs. Johnson um, is her name. She used to hand, I don't know how I got through Algebra 1 and 2. I'm a terrible math student. I think it was because I had a basketball coach who just wanted me to be able to play, and then a woman who was just really kind because I didn't know what I was doing. Finally came to a screeching halt with Mrs. Johnson. And, and, and so she would hand back exams from descending order. In front of the whole class. You get fired and jailed today doing something like that, right? And rightfully so, in my opinion. And, and, and she would always get to the end at my desk and she would give me the, that's all you got, you know? And I'm like, and, and man, Mrs. Johnson, God bless her. I don't even know if she's alive. I just, it's something I, gotta, I still got to pray about, right? It's clearly... But that feeling, I'm not happy-go-lucky, so it's like, well, like, oh, no big deal. But inside, it's clear, like, it made an impression. I'm a failure, right? And, and so think about it. If that's God, except God isn't just frowning and throwing a test on my desk. He's saying, you can come back. And that's what I want you to hear. There might be one person in this room, right, or with us online. I see you hiding behind that camera. It might be one person that, like, you can come back. You're being called back right now. Watch out, he says. We think we can manage sin. So, so here's what he's given. He's given a, a, a picture of, a, of an animal, a wild animal. It's like, imagine this is my house. It's really not, but imagine it. I spend more time here, so maybe it is. And, and, and you're in your house, and, and outside here is this horrible 
uh, ravenous, you know, wolf or something that's just ready to kill you and just hiding. That's the picture that, that God gives. And if you're so consumed with pride and jealousy and anger and embarrassment and everything else to Cain, right, you're just walking out like this and it gets you, right? It's like if you were to raise, you know, you were to find a baby wolf and bring it into your house. Oh, isn't he cute? This wolf's starting to get a little bit bigger. And the wolf's starting to get a little bit bigger, starting to get a little bit more aggressive. I'm telling you, get the wolf out of your house. And if you really have a wolf, that's twofold suggestion, okay? Spiritually and physically, get it out, right? Because it was, it, it was, it's crouching there and it looks good and then it's going to get you. That's his whole point to Cain. This, because you all, I mean, you just heard it read, maybe for the first time, but a lot of you are very familiar with this story. Think about where we're here, right now, right here. He could have turned back right here. Like, you can take the exam again. Just put me back on the throne. Cain, you could do this. Watch out, though, because I see what's happening. And you're so in, 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 you know, enthralled with your own anger and jealousy and rage to me, your brother, that it's, you are driving that thing into deeper sin. And that's exactly what happened, right? In verse 8, or, uh, yeah, verse 8, he um, called, lures his brother out into the fields and he slaughters him. And his blood falls to the ground. One verse. It kills his own brother. If you're familiar with Genesis, it's a major theme, isn't it? <laughs> brother against brother. This is the first instance of it. You have, you know, Ishmael and Isaac, and you have Jacob and Esau, Joseph and his brothers. I think of what it is, it's a picture of the spiraling darkness. Like, I'm not saying you should kill a stranger, don't get me wrong, but your own brother. I mean, Abel couldn't have been that bad, right? Your own brother, but that's how bad it's getting. And so the Lord, even in his kindness, says to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? What an opportunity, another opportunity. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? But he doesn't take it, does he? He said, I do not know. Lie to God. That's always fun. What are you doing? Lie to the all knowing one. <laughs> it's okay. Am I my brother's keeper? I love how Haley read it. She read it exactly the same way everyone does. Every time you read it, no matter what, you say it the same way, right? What, am I my brother's keeper? Something along those lines, because that's exactly what this is. It's mocking God. He went from a three-year-old to a teenager really quickly. I remember when I was, you know, I, I was sitting across the, the table from my dad, and uh, I had really acted out, and there was steam coming out of his ears. This was Thanksgiving this year, by the way. No, I'm just, make sure you're with me, right? Obviously not. Uh, uh, I don't think, anyway. And, and, and we're there, and, and like me, and he just had it, right? He just had it, and he just gave me one of these. And I went. And I'm here. I don't even know if I'm alive. You can ask my brother on how I made it through that, right? Now imagine doing that to God. It's probably smarter because God is way more gracious, right? And, and, and yet, he does that. He lies. So again, you see murder, lying, right? Now we're mocking God. And we see that with people, man. If you're here and you don't even believe in God, you don't even, even not know this, but it's because of this, right? It's a constant moving away. The people now say, like, I don't believe in God. I don't care about God. Or I make up my own version of God, <laughs> Right? Or like, you know, I stub my toe and I take the Lord's name in vain. I'm no one's saying Buddha when they do that. 
Or why is that? You see it. It's a, a, it's a, a move into a uh, darker and darker place. And that's what happened to him. The Lord says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. That becomes a major biblical theme. You think about Revelation 6 where the blood of the martyrs cries out, how long, O Lord, will there not be justice? It's a theme of blood, of victims, of those who have been sinned against, those who have been hurt, to cry out for justice that will come eventually. And he says, your brother's blood is crying to me. So, remember, sin drives to worse sin. Are you trying to manage your sin? You know what I mean by that, right? It's under control. I mean, it's not hurting anybody. Nobody knows about it yet. It's not real, right? Like, it's, it's not like I'm drinking in the morning. It's not like my wife doesn't even know I watched that at night. I, 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 like, people don't know that I'm holding back from what I really should be in general. Whatever this, we try to manage sin. And, and I've told you forever, and we'll continue to tell you, you do not drift towards holiness. <laughs> it has to be a, a concerted saying, God, I want you. If you don't, you are going to drift into deeper and deeper sin. Right? Remember um, that that you're, you're, you're just going to find yourself in a darker and darker place if you don't deal with it. That's just how it is. It's how it happened with Cain. It, 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 it happened, it, it's how it happens to us. And, and so that's, that's the message, my friends. It's, my, it's that, that you don't have to go. Some of you think that's just who I am. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Listen to me. You don't need to have that life. That God, there's always, you're breathing, right? Maybe barely some of you, but you're breathing. Turn around. If I could turn this car around, I would, but I'll just back it up. Same thing, right? Go back in Christ. It's what we call, it's all repentance is. It's a beautiful word to turn around. And, 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 and maybe you're just in a place where you just say, help, God. Light up my darkness. Cleanse my, where I'm dirty Save me where I'm dead. Help. And so, the destination, God says to Cain, when you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. He was a farmer, and now the blood of his brother's in the ground, no longer, man. And so notice what happens to happen. He has to wander away, 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 away. Further from Eden. Further, right? So this is how Cain puts it. He sees it. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. Oh, look at that again. From your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. All he's really worried about is that. But he sees the truth. Now, God in his mercy marks him so no one will. That's not a, a, a mark of cursing. That's a mark of mercy. That, that, that he is not to be killed. And so he continues to, to live. And it, and it closed this way. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. Can you think of a sadder sentence in all human language? Look at it again. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord. Like, I would give anything to keep that from happening to me or you. 
Cain went away. I'm sure he had parties, and I'm sure he probably had family, and I'm sure he had all kinds of stuff. He didn't have the Lord. So it was all for nothing. He settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. The, the word Nod, we don't know anything else about it. It just means wanderers. Maybe it was a city full of wanderers. and We don't know. But the idea is east of Eden, you can see it. It's progressing. It's getting further from Eden. Further and further and further and further and further, right? I'm going to destroy someone's guitar. Destination, separation. That's where it always goes, always, right? That, that if we do not turn back, then what happens is separation, right? Sin's destination is away from God's presence. Even, there's many of us in this room, you're in Christ. You think, oh, that's not for me. Oh, it is. Now, I, don't, I believe wholeheartedly that once you're saved, you will always be saved. That God is not going to lose his own, and I know that, right? But I've been there. I bet you've been there too. <laughs> when you've got one of those pet sins you're just trying to kind of manage, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to take over this one, what happens? Your prayer life suffers. You don't open your Bibles as much. You might not go to church as much. You might stop going to that discipleship group or Bible study you were going to. Why? Because God has no place with sin. And you know it because you're in Christ. <laughs> and so you try to manage it, but really all you do is you drift away from his presence. Now, he'll get you back, sometimes kicking and screaming. And so even if you're in Christ, man, you, like this doesn't have to be you. you, you it's not a long process. Let's just turn back. Say, God, get on the throne again. Now, if you aren't, you came in here and you're just like, I've never trusted in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've, I've, never, I've never done that. Well, we got great news for you. We got great news for you. Um, if you remember verse 10, let me try to find it. I have, my screen's kind of tiny. The Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out from the ground. Remember that verse? Blood is very important to God. Blood, he said, is life. Your life is in the blood. Without blood, your life's gone, right? So important that, that he set up a whole sacrificial system for his people, the Israelite people, right? So what would happen is you'd, you'd, you'd bring this animal and it would shed its blood and your sin would go on the animal. It would take your place. Now, you had to keep doing it over and over and over and over again. Why? The Hebrews writer tells us the blood of bulls and goats doesn't have a permanency to it. It was all meant to point to the real blood that was shed for you on a place they call Calvary, on a cross where God's perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God, shed his blood for you and me. And so what, if, if you remember um, that, uh, that, let me pull it up here. It, it, pretty much most of our, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, this is Jesus, he has a cup of wine, right? This represents something. My blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The blood of the victims of our sin cries out for justice. That justice comes either on us for eternity or on Christ at Calvary once and for all. Which is it going to be? Because it's in the blood of Christ you can come back. It's in the blood of Christ that I can, I can say my sin is forgiven. Even that sin, Jamie? Even that horrible? Listen, any sin... Because that's how gruesome the cross was. He paid it in full. Right? And look what, what, what uh, last one for you, what Paul said in Ephesians. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
You don't come back into Eden, my friends. You don't get to go into the full presence of God just because he decided to forget about your sin. It's because it's paid for by the blood of Jesus. When you trust him, whatever you've done, you don't need to have this. You see, for the Christian, this can be a short time. But for those who aren't, man, this life is the best it'll ever be. There, you, you, you're choosing hell. You say, oh, why would you go? You, you choose it. When you say, I don't want God, I don't believe in God, I don't care about God, that's what you're saying. He just gives you what you want. I'm just pleading with you. I know pastors don't preach like this anymore. I don't care. I love you too much. You need to know that this is the destination. I believe it with all my heart. That's why I can't not tell you. You can turn back, not because you're a good person. It's the exact opposite of, of this great movie we call Christmas Carol. Scrooge woke up and he said, I'm going to be better. You can't do that. You wake up and say, Christ did it. Then you can start doing what Scrooge did and start giving out generosity on Christmas Day. You don't turn from it and say, I'm going to be better and drive my own car. You're just back in the throne. It's just a religious one. They're even worse. Instead, trust Christ humbly and say, Jesus, save me, help me. And you get to go to eternal Eden for the rest of your eternity. Wow. Separation is not your destination. Instead, fellowship. In a greater way we could ever possibly imagine, we can say no longer as my sins separated me from God, but the blood of Christ has brought me near. Right? And so now what you can do in Christ is you can come here and you can just pray. You can say, I need healing. I need help. What are you doing? Right? You're in God's presence. You can only do that because of Jesus. You can worship him in spirit and truth. You can trust him. You can open his word. Just say you've promised this Lord. Right? You can do all of those things. Not because you're a good person, but because Jesus' blood brings you near. That's the hope of Christmas right there. He was born to die so you can live. Let's pray. Actually, before I pray, Sam, back up here, will you? i got to make room for the worship team. Man, I've seen you go quicker than this. What is it about you guys? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thanks. I appreciate your help. He's like, I could handle this by myself, Jamie. What's wrong with you? I know you could. You're a lot younger than me. Thanks, man. All right, I'm going to pray. And, and I'm praying for all of us, me included. I'm praying for those who are, you know, hiding behind the screen there. We love you. And, and, and whatever it might be for you, and we're all at different places, but God's spirit just to come over us, open our hearts to believe wherever we need. Father, we come before you. I pray first for those of my brothers and sisters in Christ Open our hearts. Are there areas where we're just not generous and it's just a great test that our treasure is where our heart is? Show us, Lord. Show us how to be more generous with our money, more generous with our time and our attention as a worship to you. God, I pray, I know, wholeheartedly know that there are believers who are really, really struggling with sin. And they think it's a drinking problem or a lust problem or a lying problem or a gossip problem or a generosity problem. But God, it's a, it's a worship problem. And I pray right now we can just humbly 
put you back on the throne. God, you be on the throne of my life. Help that be our prayer. Strengthen us. The evil one wants us so desperately to sin, to add to darkness and not push it back with the light of the gospel. But we want to be light. And finally, Father, I lift up future brothers and sisters in Christ who aren't yet right now that you would open their hearts to simply and profoundly believe and turn back, to turn back and believe. Would you show them no matter how far they've gone, no matter how far they've run, no matter how much they've sinned, no matter how much dirt might be in their life, that all of it, all of it can be saved by your grace because of Jesus. And that they would come to you right now and just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe. I believe. Lord, that there's someone who just needs to be baptized, that we would add them to the list in January and we would, we would see your life borne out in lives all over this community. We know your gospel. It will work. It will move. It will not be stopped. And we so much want to be a part of it. We thank you, God. We thank you for your kindness and your graciousness and your amazing mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you can, stand with us and let's worship together.